Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast, where we discuss all sorts of things Germanic heathenry related. My name is Jesse. I am your host. Let's get into it. Yalvate here workshop is dedicated to the old ways, offering a wide selection of animist ritual supplies, divination tools, altar goods, and home decor, including premium reindeer hides imported from traditional herders in northern Finland. Whether you're just starting your spiritual journey or looking to expand your collection with a custom drum, we have everything you need. Visit our online store at yalvatehere.com and discover the beauty of mountain spirit. Welcome, 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 everybody. I'm very, very excited for this week's episode of the podcast, and I hope you are too. I know I've shared some of the, uh, uh, you know, on some of the social media platforms, Facebook, um, Instagram, and other places by now, um, our guests for this week, and got a lot of good, uh, good feedback, a lot of friends, a lot of acquaintances, um, extended family uh, for our guest today, uh, maybe related family, I'm not sure, but uh, she is well known in the pagan and heathen communities abroad. Um, her name is Saga Erickson, and she is going to be talking with us today about a lot of things pertaining to her uh, spirituality, her practices, some of the things that she has accomplished in the last 35 or more years of her um, practicing the, her form of heathenry. Um, she is a practitioner of Sather. She is also uh, proficient with the runes um, and not just the Elder Futhark, but as I understand, she also um, is, is proficient with the use of the Olgum uh, Celtic runic system, runic staves. Um, so today's podcast is going to be dabbling into the sort of Nordic mysticism side of heathenry. I know this doesn't touch, this particular topic doesn't um, impact or, or touch every single person uh, in, in heathenry or even in paganism as a whole, um, but it definitely is a part of a lot of people's practices, and I know a lot of folks are very interested in hearing uh, what someone like Saga has to, has to offer with all of their years of experiences. So I'm very excited to have her on here. Um, thank you, Saga, for reaching out. Before we jump on here with her, um, and, and talk about some things and get to know her a bit and, and, and hear what she has to, to talk about. Uh, please be sure to, if you like this podcast, uh, whatever platform you're watching this on, if you can, you know, give it an upvote, uh, save it, download it, uh, share it around at the very least. Um, I know for those of you folks that are watching this on Patreon, give that video a heart. Um, and thank you to my patrons here on Patreon, as always. Um, this is the only place right now that the full video version of the podcast is available. Uh, so all, so for all of you folks that are listening um, on Spotify or wherever else you catch it, if you want to become uh, a, a patron on Patreon to get access to the video versions of the show, um, it, it only costs a dollar. You know, um, you don't have to renew that dollar a pledge every month. You can come and go as you please. Um, as I say all the time, you're under no obligation whatsoever to pay that dollar 
uh, every month if you just want to pay at the one time, get access to the videos, uh, binge watch a few of them, come back in a month or two, whatever. It's all up to you, um, but it's it's your choice. And all of the links for that are going to be in the show, the podcast show notes. So that link tree link that you see in the in the show notes down here, um, just click on that link and you'll see everything that I have to offer, all of my merchandise, uh, all of my social media, um, where to follow the podcast and become a patron on Patreon. Um, I don't say it every single time on the show, but as a reminder, if you uh, have a voice, have a, have a thought, have an idea, have a suggestion, um, you can get in touch with me one of two ways. You can The best way to do it, when, especially when it comes to the podcast, is to either, uh, either email me, uh, that's MidgardMusingsTN at gmail.com, or you can call in. Uh, that phone number is 615-671-9832. Uh, so you can leave a voicemail on there. That phone number is, uh, it's a Google Voice number, right? So you can call from wherever, I guess. I don't know, maybe, you know, standard rates do or may apply if you're calling, you know, internationally outside of the United States. But, um, yeah, you can leave a voicemail anytime, day or night. Um, and... It, you know, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll share the audio here on the show. So if you have a thought, have an idea, have a suggestion, or just want to share something, you know, um, love to hear listeners' voices on the show. Um, would love to give you a shout out in that sort of way. So do remember, please, that it is available. You can do that anytime you'd like. Um, but without further ado, I think I've uh, done enough housekeeping when it comes to all of the, the stuff that I have going on here. Um, so without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome in Saga Erickson as we talk about things like Sather, runes, and all other sorts of Nordic mysticism. Here we go. All right, folks, we are joined here today for the first time on the Random Heat and Ramblings podcast with uh, Saga Erickson up in the uh, the UP area of Wisconsin slash Michigan, as I understand, correct? Yes, yeah. Way up, way up in the, 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 the snowy white north. Yeah. Not as much snow as what I would like, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But thank you. Well, that's I'm great. happy to yeah. be here. And I'm happy for you to be here. And I know a lot of folks that listen to this show and, and watch it on Patreon. Um, when I shared it on my socials this week, uh, I've seen a lot of different people commenting their excitement of you coming on the show as well. So your reputation precedes you. That's very cool. I'm, I'm honored. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of your reputation, um, you know, you and I have talked more so recently than we have in the past. However, uh, we see each other long distance through social media. I know um, you, your involvement with, I think, Awaken the North and maybe some other, um, you know, groups or whatnot that have, that have a social media presence. I've seen your name and your presence appear in many things. But as far as like your reputation is concerned you've got a lot of years of experience with a lot of different things um mm -hmm. but today we're going to kind of i think lean into the uh the nordic mysticism side of your practice uh you are a uh saith kona uh, or bolva i think some people would use those terms interchangeably but maybe you can help uh separate the two or define the two more clearly for for the listeners and the viewers today you do runes you you've got uh, art. Uh, I think you've got books. You, you do a lot of different things. So you're a busy person and you got a lot of things in the pot, hands in the pot, I guess is the, the term I'm I, trying to go with. I, uh, I, there's a lot of, a lot of diversity that is kind of all in my 
senior year is now melding together to kind of a masterpiece purpose. Um, and as far as a distinction between a vulva and a safe Kona, it's really, really difficult to parse which is which. It's going to depend on people's opinions. And as you know, in the heathen community, the opinions on any given subject are, are wide ranging as to what's mm. canon, what's UPG. Um, and there isn't quite frankly enough historically known about either save the work of a save Kona or a vulva other than they were considered witches. They were uh, considered sh shamanic. And uh, they often in in our antiquity would travel village to village to village as an honored guest to help with healing, to give portents on the future and, and the like. And okay. it's not much different today. Um, I, I usually refer to myself more as a, a heathen hedge witch, which to me is kind of like an umbrella term that is, it encompasses the work of a Saith Kona, a vulva, a githya. Um, mm. The village witch, basically. I'm, uh, I'm, an, I'm basically the village witch, and the the hedge witch portion of it is kind of a, an esoteric kenning of being on the edge of the worlds, so to speak, which is what a shamanic pra practitioner does. We're on the edge of the worlds, and we travel to yeah. the different worlds. You know, usually within our own minds, but think acid trip it's all in there you know? <laughs> right yeah yeah for sure um you know when i think of you you, you mentioned you know like historically and, and whatnot the, the volvas were like, like you mentioned like they were on the edge they weren't part of the village society right. you know they yeah. they were without and they would come and they would go or the, or i think even the people would sometimes go to them but i think we hear more of them coming periodically to the village for whatever right whether it was for uh mm -hmm. divination or for for medicine needs yeah. or, or anything that sort but they mm -hmm. were definitely not ingrained into the everyday culture yeah. the everyday uh goings on of 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 the societal unit there right they were both feared and respected and you know when they this going household to household farmstead to farmstead was was how um we made our living um and uh, whether it was putting a roof over their heads or feeding them, you know, they were held in high regard. Yeah. I just wish there was more that we knew about how they practiced. So, you know, in a modern age, I'm, uh, you know, we are doing a lot of experimenting. We're becoming the, the lore writers now. We're becoming... <sighs> In, in a modern age, as we're trying to recreate, recreate, we have to use an awful lot of UPG in our own imagination to reconstruct what it may have been like. Um, and I, I've been admiring some of the work of my peers um, uh, in some of the traditions that have been started. It's, it's been quite um, an evolutionary journey watching how Azatru heathenry and the, the rambling trails of metaphysical practices has grown just since I've started walking the path. 
Um, so when one of my uh, one of my contemporaries that I, I have just a great deal of respect for her is Kari Toring. You know, I, she she's a, so a wonderful performer that has been establishing something called Volvastav. Um, I've had the great opportunity to be able to work with her where she will work with a, a staff and there's Galder singing happening as she's telling stories. And, you know, so much of our practices, we're telling stories. We're storytellers. So, yeah. Isn't the, isn't the term Volva, doesn't it uh, mean basically a, a staff or, yes, or staff there's theory. a staff involved, right? Like that was the primary Yep. uh wand or staff was the primary tool of of the volva yeah and it's it's an interesting interesting concept because it's in it, the the stav or staff in itself is very much a runic type of implement because you've got this wonderful straight line that you know it's, it's the isa rune mm -hmm. and from this particular rune all of the other runes are made so it's this still point hmm. of of practice that connects both earth and sky, like the Irminsil, um, yeah, the great tree that connects earth and sky. Rooted, yeah, yeah it's it's just so fascinating to me. <laughs> I no, yeah, yeah, that's uh, I, I I love talking about, um, and I first I love talking to people like yourself that have um, been been doing this for some time. It's not like hey, I just you know picked up a, a book of runes and, and, and bought myself some gems and, uh, you know, did mushrooms one time and, Hey, now I'm a shaman or now I'm a Volva or now I, you know, I had this one profound experience and I guess I'm a Saith Kona now. Like, no, there, there are, I think. It's genuine, experiences. Yeah. Lifetimes and years and years of, of arduous study and blood, sweat and tears. And, um, yeah. Yeah, the, the blood, the sweat, the tears, right? The ordeal, the things that you have to go through to put yourself through those trials to be I, considered I worthy enough to, to for the people to call you such. Because I'm sure uh, if, if you're up in the, uh, you know, close to the, or the UP area of, of uh, was it Wisconsin, Michigan, yeah. you're, you're pretty remote yes. uh, from, from, from everybody. <laughs> but uh -huh. You do have a community, right? Like you do have a small clan yeah. group, whatever that you that you work with, right? So they have been blessed enough to have a person nearby to them that they have entrusted the the responsibilities of the Volva, of the Gidea, of this sort of spiritual healer uh, and and leader in a way um, to 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 help them with all of their spiritual well being and, and and healing, right? It's it's a heady kind of responsibility. Um, <laughs> sorry, my my thingy tipped. Um, you yeah, I uh, locally I'm I, I run a group called the Northern Lights Collective, and uh, we also have a Facebook presence that that has a lot more people than what gather locally, um, and I. My group itself is more of a universalist group. Um, but again, I'm also a Githya with Awake in the North. Um, but uh, my local group being more universal, I'm not terribly picky about who their gods are or what path they're on. Um, I want them to explore their path, their way. And 
fortunately, I've been doing it long enough that I hope I can point people in the right direction or the direction they need to be on. I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who says, you must practice my way and only my way. And this is the canon yeah. and blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, man, it's like our spirituality is such an individual thing. And I really want to encourage people to look at it, explore it, feel it, experiment, become scientists with their own spiritual practices, whether they're Nordic or whether they're Celtic or whether they're Vedantic in my, in my husband's case, um, which wow. that's, that makes for interesting conversations in this house. Vedantic I philosophies paired with Nord Nordic philosophies they really, really are good companions. And uh, funny thing is, I'm less pedantic uh, now than I used to. Yes, my my husband, he's he's less pedantic as a Vedantin than he was <laughs> <laughs> as a heathen. That's a tongue twister. Try to say that three times. Yes, yeah. the, the the pedantic Vedantin. <laughs> Well, that's fun, right? Because you've got a, you know, um, I, I've always come back to when, uh, you know, people ask me or, or want to talk about how should I do this? What should I do with, um, oh, I don't know, like, how do I give, you know, what do I bloat to the gods or, or how do I bloat to the gods? What do I give to this god, that goddess, that thing, that or the other? And yeah. um, a lot of what I fall back to is, um, well, what's your what's your hearth cult practice? Yes. Yeah. And I get this. Uh, sometimes I get, well, I haven't really, I don't really know yet, or I'm still trying to figure that out. And, and I, and I said, well, then that's where you need to be at. You need to, you need to establish your hearth cult. You can maybe get inspiration from others or maybe um, like, I wouldn't say follow in someone else's footsteps because you got to, you know, be your own person and, and carve your own way, but it's you can maybe be inspired by others, but that's where it needs to start. Otherwise you're going to just be, you're not going to have a foundation or a root system to, right. to, to sink into. Right. Right. Like, um, it, I, uh, in my own group, we, we follow the, the, um, classic eight pagan holidays, um, mm -hmm. mainly because that's the most familiar, but I introduce things like a Nordic bloat, Sumble. Sumble is particularly popular among my people. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also introduce, um, a classic, Wiccan ritual, or, you know, there are different ways to practice. There are different ways to be spiritual. So it's, it is one of those things where I encourage it. And it's like a hearth culture, what your heart, hearth culture is. There's a lot of people out there that are solitaries. I started out as a solitary. It's like, well, every religion starts somewhere and True. we create the gods in our images. You know, when it comes right down to it, that's we we are creating this, and we're creating our traditions and our practices. And when we find something that fits and feels right, then we share it. I wonder why, or I I often wonder if that's the reason why we see so many so so such nuance between things, right, and and similarities between cultures or religions. It all started from somewhere, and that that somewhere was at one point one person was probably sitting out in the woods or, or sitting around a fire. They had an experience. They felt yeah. something. They saw something. They told someone else out. They told someone else in their village or whatever about it. That person was like, Ooh, that feels good. That sounds right. I want to experience that. And then they went on their way and then they bring next thing, you know, two became four became 10. 
and then you know so but it all started from that one experience and i think a lot of what ends up uh manifesting itself through us as individuals when we reach a certain point of 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 uh connectedness to ourselves as we 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 are we are divine beings there's divinity within us there's there's a there's the sacredness within us so when we find this religion or we when we find the this this higher power it's i think a lot of it has to do with us tapping into that part of ourselves that is our higher self you know and and it's just manifesting in different ways through different means different cultures etc right See, it reminds me of uh, the line in, in the in the Runatal, you know, self unto self, you know, small s, capital S. It's like yes. always that 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 self sacrifice of our everyday self to and for that higher self, that higher consciousness that is tapped into weird. It's tapped into Orlog. It's tapped into the Hamanya of all of our people. Um, and it's it's fascinating to think about. And um, I don't know. There's a movie that came out probably 20 years ago. Gerard Butler, um, Beowulf and Grendel, another story. Yes. You know, it's it happens Love to be it. one of my favorites because it's a really different and sympathetic view of Grendel the monster. Yes. But what was one of the most fascinating and telling things? is throughout the entire movie you're getting kind of a slice of life picture of the conversion to christianity and also during that entire time there's the bard that is telling the stories and this oral tradition throughout the entire movie is evolving where he starts talking about the exploits of beowulf in the beginning of the movie and in the boat back to Denmark, he's talking about the exploits of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's like interesting, interesting um, slice of kind of uh, an anthropo- anth- anthropological. That's it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another tongue <Yeah>. twister. <laughs> yes. A tongue twister. <laughs> pedantic, pedantic was much easier. <laughs> we'll see what we guess what we can come up with along the way, right? Yes. But yeah, that happens. Uh, I don't know, like the the old Saxon, the Halian. I don't know if you're familiar uh, with that, but it's basically a Germanic retelling of the Gospels, right? Jesus right. and his disciples, mm-hmm. and, and and the Halian, you know, Jesus is a Dalton. He's a, he's a chieftain and his disciples are his thanes and, and, and stuff. And there's this really yeah. heavily uh, Germanic heathen uh, overtone to the stories of, uh, uh, of, of Jesus, uh, you know, of Christ yeah. as, as, as that because yeah. of the cultural reviews at the time, right. you know, and, and how the, the stories were portrayed. <clears throat> and, it, and it doesn't make it wrong. Cause it, one of the things that um in our modern society we get boxed in by the Mm. written word it's like snorri 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 (laughs) sterlison he did he did kind of a disservice to our lore in writing it down because it it became static if Mm. it's not in the lore it's not true it's like guys 
this used to be an oral tradition. How many different ways was Odin portrayed before he was written down? How many different tribes saw him differently than the way he was written? How many yeah. centuries did he evolve and change into what he was once he became written word? That's an interesting point. I never really thought about it, how the the, the, the stories, the lore, the myths, uh, what's in the poetic and the prose eddas, Yeah. You, you say like they became static. It's almost like yeah. you kind of limited the grandeur of the stories by writing it down and, yes. and not allowing for the expansion of poetic license or being able to really tell a story it's it's why so much of the druidic lore was never written it was memorized and mm. passed on memory after memory after memory through the druidic universities in celtic england um so yeah these these oral traditions are something that once it's written down it becomes static look at the biblical arguments that happen translation by translation by translation yeah where you know who knows what the original aramaic and greek actually said at this point yep and how did those stories evolve you well know? i think yeah i think a lot of what is being discovered is that what can be translated from the original whether you know sanskrit aramaic right all of the ancient languages that these manuscripts were written in that uh have been uh translated and retranslated and revised over the centuries well i think of what it's being discovered is that uh it's been messed up a lot yes yeah those original and, manuscripts you know they, yeah. they they didn't translate words correctly into into english they were, were pushing a narrative uh or or, or, or end on things you know and politics <laughs> exactly 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 which we still see now and today i mean that's oh. the same old song but yeah um it's now like, one interesting sorry go ahead go, no no i'm good go ahead oh well i was gonna say one interesting thing about when it comes to you know uh having things written down is learning you know because so many people learn I want to I want to read it. I want to know what it says, how I should do X, Y and Z. Um, yeah. And so it's important, too. It is right. There's I think yeah. there's a place for it, because obviously I don't think and, and maybe you can expound on this. I, I wouldn't expect someone to have, uh, you know, someone like yourself with 35 years or more of of of, of, of background in something like, you know, being a safe Kona and uh, serving as a as a Volva and, and a Gidea. I don't think you would have uh Sure, you need like those real life experiences to do it, but there has to be somewhere that you start, right? And and oh, yeah. what what was that like? Like where where did you start with your discovering that that this was the path for you? Where how did that begin? Was it in the books? Was it in talking to someone that kind it's, of mentored kind of you? A, or it, it's kind of a funny story. Um, I've always been a seeker, and I've always known there was more to spirituality than what I learned in Catholic school. Yes, I, I come from a very Catholic background. Um, I, as a little child, I actually wanted to be a priest as well as an artist. Those were, you know, every kid has their goals. Me, it was artist and priest instead of fireman and nurse, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, I was about 
10 years old when um, I had the rude awakening that girls can't be priests and they can't marry. Rude. So anyhow. Yeah, make these uh, rules anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyhow, I'd always been a seeker. And um, in, in my many moves, uh, when I was in my mid-20s, I found myself in the middle of the UP, um, away from my uh, birth family for, for the very first time as a young adult and a young mother. And um, working in a, a local establishment, um, I, I, I ran photo labs and I was a photographer for, for the first 25 years of my career. Um, so running this photo lab, you see all kinds of people. And I started being courted by a Jehovah's Witness couple who introduced me to witchcraft. The JWs it's, introduced you to witchcraft. That's an interesting story. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's 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 kind of kind of like the cliffhanger here. It's like yeah. uh, it's the Jehovah's Witnesses' fault that I'm a witch. I, <laughs> it's time to testify. Write a letter to Kingdom and, Hall, right? And, <laughs> So she, she wasn't enrolled in the Jehovah's Witness Protection Program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have one of those. Yes. No, I don't think so. I wish they did. Um, and anyhow, I being a seeker, I'll read anything. And they lent me this book that was a really, really good and comprehensive encyclopedic volume of every world religion. Absolutely an unbiased definition of all the world religions. Now, as a Jew itself wasn't in there because this was 1989. Um, oh, yeah. You know, as a Jew at that time was a blip on the map and Wicca was just becoming cool. Um, yeah. And I'm in the UP of all places. So my sources for knowledge were really, really limited. Um, and in this rapid fire of synchronistic events, the Jehovah's Witnesses presented me with a book. I came across a definition for Wicca and witchcraft. It's like, oh my God, that actually sounds like something that's living inside of my spirituality. I'm a seeker. I'm an explorer. I'm a scientist. I have to get my hands and feet and feelers and everything into the minutia of my spirituality. To me, it's a very visceral thing. And this book had these entries that explained something i felt and then all of a sudden there's another person comes here here's scott cunningham's book for the solitary practitioner and then from a word to a word by 1992 i i had discovered the runes and it's like oh i did not know i did not i did not know there was a whole body of nordic lore and all its deliciousness until 1992 when I first came across a set of runes and it's like oh, wow. oh my god it was just one of these palpable experiences where it's like Shh. and uh so I was absorbing everything I could get my hands on and between 1989 and 1992 the internet wasn't a thing yet so it was interlibrary loan 
um, and Llewellyn publications and Wiser publications where you could find a minimum of the books out there. Um, so I, I just absorbed everything I possibly could and have never been shy about putting things into practice. Um, one of the one of the books that I found most influential in these very beginnings was something that people often referred to as Uncle Bucky's Big Blue Book, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Ray Ray Buckland's A Complete Book of Witchcraft, which has got a pretty decent um, listing and definitions of the major pagan practices. Um, I don't, I haven't seen. I have not read the book now in close to 30 years, so I don't know if it's been updated at all. I'll have to ask some of my people that have been buying the book lately. So, but yeah, books, 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 and find the right people came into my path. Um, it's, you know, sound kind of cliche, but magically, you know, at the right times of, of my learning and evolution, yeah. as I found my foot upon the path. So as I'm learning the runes, all of a sudden I make a friend that has all of these wonderful lore books, and he's got books on the Eddas, and he's got books on North Norse mythology, and introduces me to Freya Aswin's work, which I know she's a little bit controversial, but her first book, Leaves of Yggdrasil, was really well-written in you know, and gave me so much passion for the depth within the runes. So, yes. Yeah. Give me just one second. Yeah. Hold on. So books, book learning, all yeah. kinds of books, uh, rune books. You, you, books. I think you said you were, you, you, you picked up, a, was it Freya Aswin's? Yeah, she was one of the first people that um, I uh, I found a book on runes because um at the at the time I had discovered runes, I had just settled in uh, northern was in uh, the Manaqua area of northern Wisconsin, um, <clears throat> and um, so there's still in 1992 not a lot of books available, especially yeah. in one of these little bitty villages that book uh, the the book world their their section on the occult was. <laughs> um laughable at best um right there just wasn't really much no, active things no. going on in the u.s at that time so i think a lot of it was being pulled out of from like the uh wiccan circles right yeah. like a lot of the wiccan stuff that be what was popular was just like, oh well we'll just throw the the norse veneer over it and yeah and it's like um initially that kind of plug and play kind of spirituality is okay but it it kind of lacks substance and uh when when uh when i kind of jumped from wicca to azatru it was around 1992 um 1993 that i i realized that my spiritual home is nordic um to me it's it is my my meat and my potatoes it's you know it's it's got all of the the delicious research and lore and uh, everything that that I crave, and the runes. I mean, the the runes. Even after thirty five years, it is a continuous learning and mm. continuous growth. Even after 
you know, working with them for decades. So yeah. very, very exciting. <clears throat> and you also have, um, so the runes, meaning the, I guess the elder food art, are they the more popular ones to yeah, I, use the, divination and, yeah. um, yeah. I, I don't do a lot of divination to, to tell you the truth. Um, I actually use my runes more for, um, guidance, um, conversations with, uh, with the deities, conversations with, the with the land spirits conversations even with plants if uh but um i don't do a lot of divination um with the runes or just in general both you know in in general i don't do a lot of divination and uh but with the runes i do use them as a teaching tool for um you know greater understanding it's like, you know, there's such a wealth even right within the understandings of all the different rune poems, whether it's the Norwegian or the Icelandic or the the old English rune poems. There's yeah. so many layers of, of understanding within these things. It's just endlessly fascinating to me. Some would say that being a Saith Kona and a Volva and a Githia would be like... You would have to use runes in 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 in, the, in divination as part of that that office, and you're saying that for you at least you you don't. Is there a particular is there like a particular reason why you don't? Never spoke to you. You don't see there being any application for it. Like, what's your experience with that? My my experience with divination. It's it's kind of one of those weird crossing the line kind of things. Um, Understand. And uh, and if we don't want you know if it's a topic you don't want to breach then, yeah, then that's too. I just want to kind of put my brain in the perspective of it where I don't sound rude and insulting <laughs> to clients. You know. Um, oh yeah, no, I totally get that. So wow. it's like um, I've. I, ha I get a really bad taste in my mouth over divination because there's a certain desperation to the very practice that ends up being predatory. Oh, and the last thing I want to do to my communities is be a predator. And, you know, divination you're pretty much giving people permission to look into their soul. I'm uncomfortable doing that. That's why I don't do palmistry anymore. I don't do tarot cards. Um, I will, I will do divination from time to time for people, but I really don't like to because sometimes you don't know what they really want to hear. You know, and it's like, have you have you ever seen uh, the movie Ghost? Yes. Whoopi Goldberg's character as the psychic. Yeah. Where all of a sudden she's starting to have some real psychic experiences, but most right. of the time she's just a bullshit artist. Yep. I don't want to be the bullshit artist, and I also don't want to cause people to be insecure about something I may tell them. I 
I'm very progressive in it. Things are happening now. We work on now. The future, scold, the things that should be, the things that should come to pass. I don't want to push a lever either way in that regard by giving somebody a reading that's going to hurt them. You know, for me, it's a matter of ethics. I see. So do you think that the the use of because so like I look at it in, in a couple of different ways myself, right? Um, being someone who has found an interest and a, and a, not, not, not it, it's more than an interest. Like I was I was given a moment in my practice and in, in, in my path that was a very clear indication for me that I needed to learn the runes. Mm -hmm. not just like the runic alphabets not just the rune poems but learn the mysteries right yes. that's what runer is is these these are mysteries right learn the mysteries mm -hmm. and part of that learning part of that study have been for me the use of the runic characters through castings right casting runes reading runes in that in in that degree of of, of divination i understand where you're talking about in terms of at least from what I'm hearing, it almost sounds like, you know, you don't want to be that one to give somebody something that's going to push them in a direction that they wouldn't have gone naturally. Right. right? We are shapers of, would you, would you agree? At least I don't want to put words in, I would say you would agree, but would you agree that we are shapers of, of, of weird? We shape yes. destiny, destiny, weird, whatever, you know, you want to call it, but we, we We're are the shapers of weird. Yeah. Right. And I, I, I take that very seriously. And I don't, you know, it's one of those things where I, as a vulva, I have a moral obligation to do no harm to my people mm. and to my planet as much as is within my ability to do so or not do so, if if that makes sense. It's like, yeah. so I, I take it very seriously. So it's like, the readings in general to me have have a more frivolous flavor than um they should you know it's like to me tell me my future mm. yeah which the runes don't do that anyway i mean that's no not no the runes don't do that anyway it's it's telling you potentials and possibilities now i will tell you how i do use the runes because Ooh. that that might get that might give you a a, a different perspective of how i'm yeah. seeing the world um because like like i say um i've seen so many charlatans that will do readings for people i don't want to be that i i want to be more of a <clears throat> i want to be a shelter in the storm basically rather than you know it's like here's your destiny like I'm not trying to fix you. Uh, I'm not trying to tell you, like, tell you what to do that you to fix yourself. I'm trying to uh, give you the tools and and make you capable of doing it yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Having the tools so that, you know, giving them the tools so that they have the hunger, they have the drive to love hang it. On their own tree, you know. So yeah. anyhow, I'm. Uh, I'm a, an avid, avid, avid journaler. I journal, journal, journal. And every morning I do have a special um, spiritual time set aside. 
that I will do my rune work. <clears throat> and I do rune work for here and now. And I have several different sets that I have different purposes for. And it's, for me, it's a matter of feeling which one I'll use on a given day. Like hmm. lately, um, I'm, I've been working on writing a book and I'm teaching a rune workshop to, to my local group. And it's, it's going hand in hand with my book. To me, this is a very cerebral process. So I need the help of gods like Odin and Frigg. To me, they are the more cerebral of, you know, the A's here are more cerebral, where in my worldview, the, the Vanek gods are more earthly, like um, the life process, processes and all that good stuff. Anyhow, because I've been focusing so much on more cerebral things, I've been calling upon Odin. And I have a set of runes that I have specifically for him because they happen to be the first set I made. So as an example, um, I've got a rune for Odin. I've got a, a set of runes for Frigg. And I will pull one from each to, you know, it's like I have a question. It's like, how do I handle thus and such? And I'll pull one from each to get their perspectives. And... Um, it, it's just kind of a unique thing because for me in my head, it becomes a conversation between the two. So as an example, I'm going to pull open my journal and. Um, Thank you for being willing to, to talk about this to this degree, too. This is exciting. Thank you. Um, I, I was I'm a little self-conscious about all of this, but at the Rightly same so. time, I understand. There's, I mean. there's so many cool things things in this life that I'd, I'd love to share. And if, if I can be an authentic human showing how I practice and that this is not the hundred percent way, I'm, another person is going to go, huh, maybe I can experiment with how I practice. Yeah. Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can try that. Maybe I can use my imagination. Maybe I can journey, you know, the possibilities. I want people to know that there is a vast array of ways to be a heathen, be a Christian, be a Hindu. You know, there are many, many ways to be an intense spiritual being. So yeah. anyhow, back to these runes. Um, usually I, I will uh, I will set myself up my own little sacred space. Um, and uh, it's like today, Today I sit with Odin and Frigg beneath the tree, and I'm honored by their presence. Um, and of course, I, I I always have my growly Vikings playing. So at the t at the time, one of the Danheim songs happened to be streaming, and I have to dance to all this because I'm a crazy person. And um, anyhow, uh, <laughs> I have these words that'll come to me as I'm doing this that. I don't know if they're mine, they're my imagination, it's just, you know, free thinking, but um, words from the wise. And so I, I first pulled from my Odin bag the rune Nauthis. Nauthis generally means need. And my, my question was relating to, um, can I manage some of the tasks before me 
when it comes to teaching my my people an introductory wound class. It's like, how do I do justice to something that for me is larger than life? You know, I yeah. wanted justice to this. So the first rune I got was Nalfi's. And then from my, my Frigga bag, I pulled the rune Algis. And Algis, you know, the El, Elhaz, the Elkhorn, the, you know, a protection rune, but it's also the rune of Heim, Heimdall, who's a teacher of mankind. So what I got out of this particular read is that out of need, I've already been kindling the need fire within my own little group. And, you know, I mentor an awful lot of people on the side um, as they find their way on their paths. So it's like, I'm doing valuable work here. And sometimes it seems really big, but then I'll have runes like this, like it's necessary work. Nalthys, it's necessary. Algies, yeah. I'm teaching. I'm, I'm helping to perpetuate the next generations of seekers, of learners. And that's kind of a heady responsibility. Now there's a bit of ambiguity to this read because my very first set of runes weren't as clear as they could be. And I got Nalthys mixed up with Gebu. Gebu, yeah. And so now I have an additional uh, um, kind of weird and winky um, level of kenning from Odin himself, it's like, is it need or is it a gift for a gift? Is it a reciprocity for, you know, the works or, you know, which, which is it? Is this the need or the gift yeah. or the reciprocity? It's like, and it's all this jumble of yes. Yep. <laughs> it's just like, yes, do it, teach it, be it to the best of your ability. And it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. Someone else can make it perfect but it'll give that seed. I don't so, think a lot of us want perfection. I think a lot of us want just need challenges. Yeah. You know, like I want that rough cut hewn piece of something yeah. to work off of. Like, give me a chunk of stone, give me a hunk of wood or whatever, and I'll work on it. But yeah. like just that raw material, you know, and it's uh, like hearing you talk about that. It's, 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 it's kind of touching my fascination with with the runes also because you know you say now these and and similarities even if it wasn't so clearly made in the rune set when you made it how similar that and the gabo rune look in appearance um but when you think of it right what the 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 gabo rune means is gift right and the 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 reciprocal nature of a gift how a gift always seeks a gift in return there is some necessity to that there is some yeah. necessary and needful things because if you're not then the balance is tipped and and the scales are no longer in 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 favor of one another right so there is a need there is a necessity um there is necessary action to be yeah. happening for the gift exchange to be maintained yep. you know still and so it's an interesting skills. point to to take there yeah so it's like fun fun yeah, you yeah. Know, it just plain takes the depths of of understanding with these things even deeper, and uh, I'm I'm a rebel. I work with the Oum too. To me, okay. I, I I've always considered Druids, Celts, the kissing cousins of of the Norse. You know, there's sure 
you know, it's, uh, and because we as humans have always been travelers and collectors of lore and knowledge and curiosities, we can't help but influence each other. Look at the art, you know, Celtic knotwork, Nordic yeah. art. I mean, it's just, there's such an overlap there. Anyhow, <clears throat> I have a particular set, two sets of, of uh, staves um, in the shape of acorns. And to me, these, these are the seeds of Yggdrasil. So, and uh, just for some clarification, um, my go-to in divinity is first the tree. Whatever gods happen to come along for the ride, fantastic. But first to go to the tree. It's kind of like, I'm going right to the top, you know? <laughs> so, but I always start my day under the, the leaves of Yggdrasil. And uh, and so, because I'm I'm this dangerous dangerous person, I have mixed my oem and my my runes, and I read them together. And it does that make for an interesting conversation. Like, as an example, uh, here's here's one of the oem staves, uh-huh. and let's see, I'll find a rune here. I'm just <laughs> oh oh happening oh. in real life. <laughs> Here we go. Those, so so real quick, like for people that are listening to this podcast, what what Saga is doing right now is she's got a bag oh, that contains go. runes, elder food art runes, and also Celtic Ohm staves. Yes, there we go. As there, this is the uh, Nordic rune uh, um, Awas or Iwas. It's uh, phonetically. E I or I E is it I before E or E? Or... <laughs> so, so it's it's the uh, the exceptions. I've, so it's not the it's not the uh, it's not Ehwaz. It's not the one that looks like an M. It's the one that looks like an, an upward and a downward spike. Yes. Yeah. To uh, me, this so, is. Yeah. That what I what I was told was that at at least linguistically is that it gives the ash um, phenom. So Ahwaz, yes. Ahwaz is the is the name Thank of it, you. but um, yeah, yeah, it's but, uh, for English speakers that's really unfamiliar. But yeah, yeah, it, right. It's kind of like the Ev and the you know some of the other um, like Furizas, the Ev sound yes, and yeah, and the, and the and the Ths and yeah, it's it's fascinating. I want to learn it all. I just want to learn it all. So we actually got to see, you know, uh, Saga here, who's, you know, uh, a Githya, a Volva, a Seth Kona of 30 plus years, pulling <clears throat> both Om, I said it right, Om, and <laughs> Elder Fruitlark runes. Yeah. Or the Om stabs and Elder Fruitlark runes, which she is. Um, so she pulled the the the, uh, the Ahwas and the, I don't know what the Om stave was. I don't know them. So whatever. Which- um, but yeah, I will, in a lot of my morning sessions, I will read them together. Um, cool. And it, you know, the, the OM is the Druidic tree alphabet. So very much like the, the Futharks, um, each one of the staves stand for complex spiritual concepts. And there is poetry to each one of these tree staves as there is with the runes. Another interesting parallel here when i started out i started out as a kabbalist you know oh, learning wow. learning 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 
you know, in Wicca, you can't help but run into Kabbalism. Uh, sure, sure. So anyhow, in reading and learning initially about the Kabbalah, the, tr the Ten Sephiroth and the Tree of Life and the Tarot, um, it was a really interesting parallel with the runes in that the 22 major arcana of any tarot deck is based on the Hebrew alphabet. And every one of the sigils in the Hebrew alphabet also stand for spiritual concepts, as do the Olam, as do the runes. And, you know, every one of these sigils have beautiful, beautiful poetry attributed to them. And uh, just like with the runes and the, you know, the different nine worlds, you can travel through the limbs of the tree. The same with the Kabbalistic systems where you travel the different legs of their tree of life as well. And there too, the, the, a lot of the letters or the sigils will line up with the different worlds. So there's these wonderful, delicious correspondences that you can just, you know, get. Yeah. Well, this, this, uh, what what is on the banner behind me so for those watching right i have a uh a uh big this here um banner behind me and i always get i don't say always but i get a lot of people be like you know that's not oh that's not norse that's not viking it's it's it is now <laughs> it, well i mean but it came like from the galderbrook or the galderbrook mm -hmm. like icelandic yeah. stabs i mean it's it, it all comes from kabbalic yes jewish mysticism right mm -hmm. it has its roots there yes so <laughs> wonder why <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> comes from know, it, ancient stuff that's uh, that that was there even before you know you say right. cultures sharing and, and all that yeah so and they do because like it's one of the most interesting things about my husband's studies running uh, side by side with my own because he's a he's into vedantic philosophies which is you know one of the oldest continuous um spiritual systems um in the world yeah and um so many of our languages and everything came from those original sanskrit seeds from their own tree mm -hmm. and just you know it's like even uh even looking at the languages, um, my husband's been learning Sanskrit, so kind of by just default, um, I pick up on it as well. And, you know, just plain looking at the cognates and the root words in the original Sanskrits that have still translated into the Indo-European languages. What I was going to say, it, it's, it's, it, it all goes back to those Indo-European roots. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, it's yeah, there. it's just all that One history. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it you. It's it's a rabbit hole upon rabbit hole that you can just yeah. You, there's no end to it. It's 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 so deep, and or we can maybe use it the well, right? I mean, once you descend yeah. the well, the well, uh, there is no bottom to it. I think <clears throat> I think it just goes and goes until eternity. It's I think it's mm -hmm. like one of those bottomless sources of of uh, of knowledge of wisdom. It's it's uh, yeah. why why you think Odin was so willing to give an eye for a drink of that you right. know because Mimir's it's well yeah a drink from Mimir's well and you know it's it's which is at the roots the, of that you mentioned earlier you spent yeah. so much time uh, yeah at. and it's yeah. it that makes that uh, brings me to the thinking of uh, of the norns right that i had told you about yes yes 
And uh, yeah, I'd like to I'd like to bring that up because this is one of the rituals that I will do in the morning when I do go to read. Like I said before, I don't do divination, but I do do a read on whatever questions I am pondering, whether whether it's something mundane or it's something spiritual or even, you know, I, I have a lot of health issues. So a lot, oftentimes my sessions will be on what does this body need to keep mm. working? Um, so anyhow, um, I, I don't know if it's arrogance, but I often will see God's goddesses, spirits and everything as my relatives. Um, and that goes for the Norns as well. They're my sisters. So uh, a classic Norn. Pardon? I was saying that tracks, actually. I mean, if you not yeah. not not to not to take away from what you're about to say, but just realizing yeah. that when we hear about the Norns uh, or the Nornir, I mean, uh, traditionally, I think uh, every every family has the, their yeah. own Nornir, right? So their own sort of uh, female ancestors. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're they're like the Deezer. Exactly. So, and anyhow, so much of this happens in my imagination. I I do have little sigils and stuff that I'll use from time to time, um, because those those kind of tools really do help a, a human connect to what they're doing. But oftentimes, I'll visualize these things in my head. Now. I will visualize myself sitting at the base of the tree and I invite the sisters to join me. And in my imaginings, there's a cauldron before me, which represents the well of weird. So the sisters and I will sit around the well after, you know, I, I address each one of them. I, I usually will, I drink coffee with them in the morning, you know, coffee is my drink. So my gods, my goddesses, my norns, they drink coffee too. Uh, so I will, you know, address each one of them in turn, offer them coffee. And before we pull the runes, we dance. And, you know, this isn't an upright, you know, revivalist, you know, <laughs> Pentecostal <laughs> kind of dance. It's like, it's a seated swaying where we are envisioning the mists of the well coming up and these mists we then spin into threads and these threads into potential and into wow. fabric and within these threads the runes also come along for the ride so i will pull the runes that you know pop into my hands from my cute little rune bag on whatever questions i have and from there, you know, read out. It's like, say I say I get a gebu, and uh, it was a gebu that I got from Urd. So something in my past was a very good case of reciprocity and left me in a sense of balance. Now say we we're I'm pulling a rune for Verdandi, and uh, we're going to say it's Yara. So all of the balance from the past is now at a time of harvest in my present. Spin, 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 pull a rune for schooled. And here we've got Bercano when the cycle starts again. 
So this would be an example of my, you know, uh, norms right. You know, and we, we usually something like this will take me 45 minutes to an hour because there's a lot more than just <laughs> what I've verbalized here because it's sure. a very, it's a very kinetic practice for me, which in effect is part of my physical therapy, <laughs> dual purposes. You know, I, I'm yeah. very, uh, it's all um, part of your medicine, I think, right? Yes. It it's part of my medicine. And, um, an, another right that I've, uh, I've been developing is, uh, called dancing the wheels. This is, yeah. mm. I gotta get some, hang, hang on just one second. Yeah. Now this is all very exciting. And I, I, I feel privileged enough to, you know, myself be here talking with you, but I also feel it's a privilege for a lot of folks that watch this and get to see it, but also listen to it. And so as a reminder for those that are listening, if you want to watch what's going on, especially for episodes like this, become a patron on Patreon to to get that access. So thank you again, Saga, for uh, gracing us with this opportunity. It's really yeah, awesome. You're, you're very welcome. I I am standing on the shoulders of really, really driven pioneers um, because so much of the things I'm learning, not only is it experiential, but I had to read some of the people that came before me. Um, so a shout out to even the controversial people <laughs> because everything's worth reading. So, you know, a shout out to- you're not the only one that said that. I didn't mean, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you're not the only one that said that because you say wisdom comes in many places from many yeah. sources. Yeah, it's like I, I did a rune presentation a couple of weeks ago um, and, uh, you know, I presented some um, well-known authors in the field, some independent authors that are up and coming in, in this field. And it was kind of like the good, the bad, and the ugly of, of authors. And <laughs> I, I ended up prefacing it as like, even read the bad ones. Because how are you going to know what's good until you've come across some utter crap? You know, you, and and even within the utter crap, a lot of times those are stepping stones to better knowledge. True. Yeah. Um, there's there's a certain book that came out in the in the 80s <laughs> that is was an example of that that uh, is much reviled you know, within our community mm -hmm. but i know the one you're talking about <laughs> yes it was a stepping stone it was one of my first books and it's even reading it it's like this doesn't feel right but it got me searching for more yeah so, anyhow i want to talk about uh, my wheel right now, because I, I deal with uh, a lot of physical issues, one of which is multiple sclerosis, um, serious buzzkill. It's, um, it's not a fun ride, but I am trying to work on ways to heal myself, not only from physical things, but also emotional things, and then share these tools with other people that are struggling. Because, you know, as humans, we all have a spectrum of things we have to deal with. And um, I am a Reiki master, but my Reiki is now perverted by being Norse, <laughs> which 
Um, it's like I can't call myself a Reiki master anymore because I no longer do what would be considered Reiki. I guess the closest uh, thing. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying that's interesting. That so like the traditional methods of Reiki don't apply because of the Norse influences, I guess. And, or well, not that. Not only that, but I have in my own practices, it has evolved into something different. Not something less, not something more, but something different but equal. Um, let me let me clarify this. Okay, within Reiki system, there are like sh seven main chakras and each of these energy centers um, supposedly controls different parts of your body or your psyche, very much like the the nine parts of the nordic soul where you know different aspects of our nordic soul complex and even the worlds um, within our cosmology affect different psychological and physical aspects of our being so in uh in a runic not a runic in a reiki system you have chakras in a nordic system we have wheels spelled in the anglo-saxon way of h w e o l wheel mm -hmm. anyhow same thing basically um these energy centers are up and down your body now <clears throat> in my particular system i'm gonna show a kind of a this is one of my illustrations and if you see on this body the circles yeah those would be those would be like the energy centers in a human body okay and just one minute <clears throat> anyhow the 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 basic one that i'm going to share is one i call clearing the wheels where each one of these energy centers there's one like at a root there's one at what I call the core of our being, the heart of our being, the expression of our being, which is like all of our bodily senses, and the mind of our being. So these are where all the thought processes happen. The root of our being, just like in the chakras, these are our primal centers. Um, the core of our being, this is our strength. This is the gut instincts. Uh, the heart of our being would be our emotional range. The the voice of our being is our senses, our hearing, our touch, our taste, our smell. And here's where we process it all in the mind. Dancing the wheels down the entire center of my being, I see it as that um, I can't pronounce it the way you did. I was rude. It was. Eh, eh. Oh, the ach was. Yeah. 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 I see the body as being this. This like is our. Yes. That the echoas is our spine, mm -hmm. like the yew tree, it bends without breaking. So yeah. this is our entire spine that bends without breaking, and along our spine are these energy centers that we can have symbolize these different aspects of ourselves. So, in dancing the wheels, my very first thing is I will you know, move through each one of these to music to basically cleanse, clear, make ready for learning stuff. 
and then once I have gone through like a cleansing or clearing of these these energy centers, um, I will pull wounds. It's like, what does this session session section need? What do I need to know here? What do I need to know here? And I will do that all the way up these energy centers to come actually make a bind rune of correspondences. It's like, these are the things I need to learn about what I'm going through on this day. Or if I'm doing a distance healing for somebody, they give me their issues and I will go through each one of those wheels. It's like, what's the problem here? How do we fix it? What's the problem here? How do we fix that? So I will use the runes in each one of these wheels as a modality for learning how to heal. Wow. So, and it's it's a system I'm developing to expand in all kinds of different directions of how to specifically heal this or that, how yeah. to deal with this kind of ancestral trauma. Um, yeah. So this could this 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 system that you're how long have you been working on developing this? About two years. About two years. Yeah. And do you see it becoming something that can be leveraged by anyone if they yeah. learn it correctly? Yes, really? that's that is the plan. Um, the ultimate goal is to create something that I call a casting cabinet. Hmm. Okay. Rune board. Uh, let's see. Here we go. This is my rune board. Okay. Okay. Now, if envision just for, just for just for the folks that are listening to it, it's a it's a it's a round disc. It's got a world tree, like the Yggdrasil. I'm assuming is like in the yep. center there, and then yeah. you've got your elder food like runes going around the perimeter. Yes. Of yeah. It. Yeah. And I this is something that I, I made in like 2001, but I as I develop this further, it is going to end up being like a 12 by 12 two-sided box that opens up like a cabinet okay where there will be yggdrasil on one side and the three wells you know vergamel's members you know the, the the three wells will be on the other side within it will be instructions for how to do a clearing of the wheels how to dance with the norns how to address God, how to travel different worlds. Wow. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's uh, to me so, very exciting because I've been developing this for a couple of years and during a lot of my morning sessions, the ideas are just pouring through. It's like, okay, this piece fits here, fits here, fits here. Yeah. So, and it'll be a, a, a kind of system that people can adapt to their own needs because I don't Love want it. something to be static, yeah. like the written word. I want it to evolve with people. And I'm hoping that people will end up having the kind of confidence to trust their own instincts in the development of yeah. their own practices. See, I would love to get you and, and uh, one of my tribesmen. His name is Patrick, and he has been developed. He's He developed a system that is not like anything I've ever seen before. And he refers to it as agromancy. Ooh. Agro, agro is the, the, obviously, you know, agricultural, the, the, it's, it's very nature based, but it's, it's all um, like mandalic. Like it's a system oh, of glyphs. Lovely. 
glyphs and things that that when um, he has several decks of cards Sacred that he works off of. Yeah, very, very, very much like that. And so when various cards get drawn, right? There's, there's, um, what 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 ends up happening is uh, an agromancy reading takes a long time. Like it's not like a three card spread. Like he has a whole chart, a whole system, everything. Um, but his uh, hope is, and and he's he's he started this like twenty plus years ago in high school. Okay. Um, and it just recently became something that he shared publicly um, at one of our neighboring kindreds, like Raven Moon Hearth is, is a nearby heathen kindred, uh, and they ho host public events every year. And a couple of years ago, uh, he did a did like a an hour long kind of breakdown of agromancy and, and shared it publicly. Up to that point, it was only something that existed in his headspace with his friends, some other close people, right? Mm -hmm. but, but it's something to like what your what, reason why I was like, I would love for you guys to talk because you are developing something that is kind of unique in the same way that he developed something because what his hope is to that somebody can learn the system, learn his system, but not stick to his, yeah. like, yes, there's there's methodology behind it. There, there's, a, there's, there's a system in place and there's methodology to it but to allow it to kind of become something of themselves, right? And, 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 and bend it to, to, to fit for them. So it doesn't, like you say, not become something that's static, right. but something very kinetic, very living, you know what I mean? Like it's a, yeah. it's a living thing and, and is unique to the person that, that, that works it. Yeah. I think you guys would probably really enjoy talking to one another about your system, uh, his system and, <laughs> and yeah, hearing I'd all. I'd love to chat with him. That'd be fun. Yeah. We might try to figure something out. He's, He's in the midst of, uh, uh, or he will be soon, uh, welcoming his first daughter into the world. So he's got that life. Congratulations um, to him. Yeah, That's yeah, it's exciting, but it's a new thing. So he's got yeah. that to keep him busy. Um, but it's interesting, you know. Um, I, I I love what you're what you're sharing, and I hope that it comes to fruition and that people can um, find a way to learn what they can learn, you know, from you or however it's going to be presented and use it for their benefit. You know, I think so um, too. I I heard something that you were when you were talking that that kind of pricked my ear a little bit. You said something about bind runes, uh, yes. and, and how the process uh, throughout the process you uh, craft a bind rune. And interestingly enough, I had somebody who had on an, on another one of my videos had uh, had posted a comment. I'm just gonna pop it up on screen so for those that are watching they can see what we're talking about here but i'm just going to read it out loud um they they were basically saying hey i don't know if you do already but could you make a little video about how you personally make buying runes i have so many questions i overthink the process a lot maybe if you haven't already you could offer a quick rundown of the runes as well um and i'm and then they're asking because they trust my knowledge, which is flattering. Um, but there are so many resources, um, you know, out there talking about all things Norse related. But I, I find uh, contradictions come up, also, and then they go on. So, so what was interesting, you know, when you were talking Saga about the the creation of a bind rune. First of all, to to answer this person's question, it, there is no quick rundown. I don't think on this this. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust sources online. You know, a lot of people I think get 
this idea of oh i can make a bind for good luck or for good fortune or for love or for this it's like that's 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 not how this works that's not and how the yeah for me that's that's a um that's in the same kind of neighborhood as charlatans and divination yeah you know and, just googling uh, uh what's the nordic symbol for you know yeah and that's that's going to be <laughs> yeah it's going to be very changeable cuz you know, like um, the sigil for the entire weird's web that contains all the runes. Yeah, that web of weird, yeah, grid looking you know, type of thing. Yeah, it's a wonderful graphic. It's really, really wonderful. But it's like one person's bind rune is going to be mean something completely different to another rune master because so many of the sigils overlap it's a very very personal thing and it's like my you know when i'm creating a bind rune for my daily session um it's for that day alone it's mm -hmm. it's not something that i share with anyone because it's about a specific question or a specific topic that i'm encapsulating into this one sigil um as a matter of meditation, as a matter of what was going through my mind at that particular time. And then, you know, I take notes on it, of course. And if throughout the day there are more um, inspirations regarding any one of these sigils, it's like, I'll take some notes on it. Um, but, you know, when it comes to creating your own bind runes, your intent, your intent is the most important thing. Say, um, say you want to do a healing for somebody first get their permission because it's just good manners um and say you want you want them to have a flow of good healing so i've got urus which is a very primal and strong rune often associated with healing in that i combine the rune lagus which disappears right into the Uru's rune, unless I were to transpose it to make an extra leg off of Uru's, in which case then I've got a Tiwiz on there too. So then I've got a victory rune. So this person will be victorious in their healing. Of course, that's really amorphous. It's my personal opinion and my intent in that given moment. Any Anybody else creating a bind rune, their initial intent is the power they're putting into it and it's going to be something different to the next person yeah i um that that's good advice what would you um as as someone who has the years of experience working with the runes and being a safe kona and a volva what would be your reaction for uh towards someone who hadn't like they don't know what the runes mean they haven't studied the meaning of the runes and they just go about starting to well tiwas victory money fehu right let me just let me just whip up something here real quick sort of lackadaisical sort of haphazard um going about it what would what would be your what would be your response or your reaction to someone who doesn't know the runes going into working with the runes um my advice on something like that is like if they've got a lackadaisical kind of attitude their intent isn't there to start with mm -hmm. so those runes themselves aren't going to have much more than a superficial meaning so 
you know, once that person learns more, they'll go through a period of, you know, it's almost like going through the different stages of grief or anger or any of the different developmental stages. You know, first you've got, you know, the lackadaisical, I don't know a whole lot about this, but this means this, and this means this, and this means this on a very superficial level. And then all of a sudden you learn more and it's like, oh, oh my God, what did I just do? Because now you're you're understanding, it's like, oh my God, now I'm responsible for this, 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 and this. And then you evolve and learn even more. It's like, okay, okay, okay. I am a human being and I am learning. And it's like, I won't do it this way, this way again. Or it's like, let's try it this way. Let's see if we can mitigate this as we learn, as we evolve and give ourselves the latitude for that learning. And then you become stronger in your practices and you know beforehand, gee, that's not a good idea. Okay, um, I will try this, but with this kind of caution, oh, it needs a little of this kind of runic something to give it this kind of power. So now you're you are deliberately directing instead of going, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Now there's a little bit of deliberate direction as you evolve through your practice. So yeah, that's good. Um, I pretty much, I mean, I pretty much agree with that, especially uh, with deliberate effort. I also have, and I look at one of the, one of my, one of my big things that I always reflect on with, when it comes to anything with the runes is that infamous line in, in the saga of Egil Skala Grimson, where he says, you know, you ought not to carve runes unless you know them, right? Because what happened in Egil's saga was somebody painted runes on, on, on whalebone that got this girl really sick. And here comes Egil having to undo this, this charm, whether it was a stave, whether it was a spell written in runes, whatever it was, had mm-hmm. to undo the thing that was done because they were done wrong. Yeah. And that can happen. Right. And I think with, with like with the, with the, respect of being lackadaisical or whatever like know what you're doing if you don't know get somebody who does i I, i've been an advocate of that for a long time is is if you have any question about should i do this should i do that then you probably shouldn't talk to someone who knows get the experts involved go to the vic go to the volva go to the safe kona go to the whoever it is that is a trusted and vetted person that knows what it is that they're doing with these things because they do have power. There is power that is there that can be wielded or, or woven, I think, you know, and if you're, mm-hmm. if you're just, you know, it's kind of like if you don't know gun safety and you start wailing a gun around, you're going to fire around off and it's going to hit somebody or right. something do damage. Right. I mean, you got to have respect for the yeah. tool that you're, that you're wielding here. And, yeah. and there yeah. is maybe nothing quite so violent as to like a gun, but I'm just using that as like a very visceral right. example of the possible damage that could cause if you're if you're not careful yeah it's one of those cases where there's not an excuse for ignorance yes but latitude if they aren't knowing it as they go into it they they yeah you know they get they get uh smacked down as they go on and then go after through the process of their own learning and i think part of the learning does mean messing up you're going to mess up there's going to be mistakes along the way yeah you know that's part of the learning process it's tough love it's it's tough learning (laughs) 
it's you know the with a lot of the people that i mentor they're always so it's almost paralyzed to experiment because they're so afraid of doing something wrong it's mm. like how will you learn if you don't make mistakes how yeah. do you know what's good how, it's like how do you know what authors are utter crap and which ones are good unless yep. you read them all so why do yeah. we fall so we can learn to pick ourselves up exactly um, yeah yeah go through the ordeals go through those and, yeah. and we talked a little bit about that earlier and um i think we're, we're getting to a point now for the both of our sakes it's it's probably good to work towards the close of the episode yeah. but as we as we talked earlier about um ordeal right you don't reach the places like saga here has reached without having gone through ordeal right this she doesn't carry the title of volva safe kona githia uh because she picked the book up overnight and boom there you are no this is this is again something that was um uh you know imparted to you and, and blessed upon you through action through deed through ordeal through having gone through the tough times you know the trial and error you know the blood the sweat the tears i think is what you said earlier right those are literal things those are I have bled for the runes. I have cried over the runes. I have hurt in spiritual, physical, different ways over the over various uh, parts of my practice, and still do. I mean, it's it's it, it's, it's part of the part spiral of the dance. Yeah, it's the spiral dance, and it is representative of each one of our ordeals on the tree. We go through the same ordeal of hanging from that tree to learn knowledge and in the madness of discovery we are led to the words and we're led to the deeds and we're led to the learning Dude, and then that, it starts over. wow that's deep <laughs> the madness of discovery yeah i know yeah it's like it's i uh i sometimes do the very, very horribly irreverent thing of rewriting the runatal as a personal encounter, you know, whether it's mine or Odin's or whoever is struggling that is on this quest for divine knowledge. And it's out there. Like the ruins have always existed. It's like humanity itself, consciousness itself, it has always existed. And we just have to remember we have to reach out and grab the ruins and then fall back screaming with that madness of knowledge so, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a lifelong it's a lifelong thing uh it is and it's delicious and it's yeah it's heady and it's visceral and it's uh blood sweat and tears man it's that it's good awesome. medicine it's the good good medicine it's you know? the good good medicine yeah Saga, this has been absolutely eye-opening and really enjoyable for me. Um, me too. Thank you. Thank you so much for for coming here. When I stop the recording, you and I will just touch base real quick offline, so I can give you expectations of what's to come after this. But very good. Um, is there anything as we wrap up? Is there anything or anywhere uh, that you want to tell people that they can go to either support you or what you do or or find your work or anything like that that's accessible to the public? 
Um, I, I do have a, a Facebook page for, for my community. It's called uh, the Northern Lights Collective. And it, it is a universalist group of like-minded seekers that we're doing what we can to be the change we want to see in the world. Um, my, my own work, um, my, my husband and I are both artists. Um, like uh, mentioned earlier, I'm, uh, I'm primarily an illustrator and portrait artist. Um, my, my body of work also includes fiber arts, but that's to the side right now. But I can be found at Stark Raven Studios um, Facebook page. And there, there are albums and albums of our work that you know we're we're happy to share. And I, I, I have to plug one of my very best friends in the whole wide world. You you had him on your program probably a year and a half to two years ago. My my good friend Kurt, Kurt Hoekstrat. Yes, Kurt Hoekstrat. Yes, yeah. I have a couple of his books. Yeah. Yes. Ta da. Yeah, Vicky Musings, yeah. I think, one of them. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah. Vitki Musings and Druid Musings are compiled into this book. And it is um, a, a, not only a plug for Kurt, but also for me, because I did the layouts and the illustrations for the book. Beautiful. That's a great so, collaboration right there. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a wonderful, wonderful collaboration. And his book is, you know, very much like this talk, how we practice, how he practices on a day to day level with uh, both his Druid work, his, his esoteric work across the board. So yeah. yeah, that's, that's a little personal plug. Um, a shout out to uh, another one of my communities, Awaken the North. Um, I'm, I'm very honored to be a Gethia for, for Awake in the North. They're a really good um, bunch of people that have an incredibly expansive university for, for people to learn from, the Awake in the North University. So a shout out to them and all the wonderful volunteers that, that run that place that's become a home for a lot of seekers. I, I also want to give a shout out to you and the people of your generation. Um, I just turned 60 and I'm watching your generation do incredible, incredible things with the tools you have at, at hand. I am so inspired by all of the things I'm seeing the young people do with the kindreds that I'm seeing popping up all over the place that are teaching people to explore their spirituality to give themselves their own strengths and healing. And it's wonderful, wonderful to see the next generations and even now second and third generation heathens walking the walk, learning the lore and be making their own worlds a better place. So thank you, young people. Thank you, all of you for keeping the lore alive. You're keeping the lore alive. Thank you. I appreciate that. And on that note, I do just want to say, you know, we we are we are the embers of our ancestral fires. You know what I mean? Like the traditions of our ancestors, these aren't dead ashes. They are glowing embers. And we preserve, I hope, you know, with with the things that you're talking about, that that we're seeing more of that earnest desire to rekindle those embers, right? Preserve the fire, not worship the ashes, preserve the fire. and make, Preserve the fires. You know? 
And I'm, I, I see it too. And um, yeah. I'm glad that it's being seen and it's being done um, and hail the doers. Cause that's mm -hmm. where the magic happens. It's boots on yeah. the ground. It's doing the things. That's, that's doing what he's walking the walk and yeah, seeing it happening in real time and the growth just in the last 35 to 40 years within oh. this path. It's, it's fantastic. So yeah. I can only imagine seeing where it was when you started to where it's, where, you know, what it's become and where it's arrived. I mean, that's got to be such an enriching feeling. You it know, really is. See it, yeah. See it progress like that. Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, watching there's a couple of of uh, people um, in their mid 30s, you know, the ages of my kids that are brilliant writers. You know, they yeah. are the lore writers of our future there are lore writers of right now that modern day stalls for sure yeah, it's yeah it's it's exciting so again thank you it was, this was a great chat so. i had a wonderful time and you guys uh everything that saga's already mentioned um the the northern lights collective awaken the north everything that she's mentioned is going to be linked in the show notes of this podcast or down in the description area of this video for you folks on patreon so do be sure to check all those things out, show your love and support uh, for what Saga does in any way that you can. Um, and yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Um, thank you again, Saga, for being here. You're thank you cool. all for, for listening and watching to, to this week's episode. If you did like it, as I mentioned early at the beginning of the podcast, share it around, uh, give it an upvote, uh, do whatever the thing is that the platform that you're catching this on, um, you know, gives you a, an, an opportunity to support in any way. Um, and we greatly appreciate all of your constant and ongoing support in what we do in this fashion. So thank you again, Saga. Thank you all very much for being here and watching or listening. Um, until we all talk to each other again, may the gods continue to notice you. And may your ancestors smile upon you. We'll see you in the next one.